Welcome to the ACRC podcast. My name is Patience Azandi, the ACRC postdoc for the safety and security domain. And with me today, I'll be talking with Wangui Kimari from the Nairobi team. So welcome. Thank you, Patience. Please, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? So my name is Wangwe Kimari. I'm a Kenyan. Uh, my formal affiliation is with the Institute for Humanities in Africa at the University of Cape Town. I'm an anthropologist and I'm currently engaged as the safety and security co-lead for the African Cities Research Consortium. So I'm doing that work also with a colleague of mine called Zoltan Gluck. That's great. So how does your previous research connect with the ongoing ACRC research? Over the last, I would say perhaps since 2007, I've been curious about uh, certain dynamics in Nairobi and in particular how uh, certain spaces, and I don't, I, you can cut this, but I'm trying not to sound like such an academic because it's so boring. But um, also over the last few years, I've been doing research around um, different political, ecological, social, and economic dynamics that congregate or come together in poor urban settlements. And a lot of those dynamics, whether it's historical exclusion or the criminalization of poverty, uh, lend themselves to understandings of safety and security. So that's how I think, that's what I bring to the program, although I, I'm still a learner, like everyone here, we are learning and we're excited for what the next a uh, few months, perhaps years, will allow us to learn deeper about our city. But above all, the potential to co-create potential uh, policy outcomes and potential coalition outcomes and potential safety and security outcomes. Oh, that's great. So what is the focus of the safety and security domain in Nairobi? For us, we're oriented around six main uh, I would say guiding questions or perhaps themes, and I hope I can remember them all. But uh, the first one is uh, we, we're interested in defining security from a, a situated lens. So we're not interested in so much normative descriptions of or definitions of what security is. We know or insecurity, we know it differs from context to context and also depending on your class, on your gender, on your race, on your ability. And so we're interested in using these situated insights to think about how people define security and safety for them. So that's defining security. The second one is looking at the different people who co-produce security. Uh, often we think about security as in the very, uh, like, in terms of patrolling or surveillance, mm -hmm. but security is always co-produced and by, we like to think an assemblage of actors, so whether it's a community health volunteer who responds to an injury or a mother who warns someone's child not to get into perhaps criminal activity. So it's always being co-produced. So we're interested in defining co-production. Uh, we're also interested in how different structural issues shape uh, security concerns in the city, whether it's uh, historical ex economic exclusion, whether it's religious bias, all of these things built into state institutions, how they come together and, and create structural violence uh, that or structural causes of insecurity. 
Um, we're interested also in, we use this fancy word, but I'm trying, I think we're going to take it back. We say conjunctural analysis of security, meaning how do different um, dynamics come together? Not just political, economic, or social, but how do they all come together and accrete over time to create uh, concerns or security concerns? We're interested. I'm so happy I remembered them all. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Uh, but we're also interested in how certain events exacerbate safety issues, for example, and a cross-section of events, whether it's elections or evictions or flooding, these different types of events, so that's events. So, so far, it's definition, co-production, uh, structural dynamics, conjunctural concerns, events. But finally, we are really interested in thinking about and building on the work people are doing around alternatives to punitive security. So that's our focus. We're embarking now on the actual on the ground work, which consists of interviews and focus groups and hopefully also participant diaries where we'll get people to write maybe for a month, people from different neighborhoods uh, writing about security instances in, in their communities. Yeah. Okay, great. So can I ask you to please expand or explain more on the alternative punitive measures? Because from our previous conversations, I understand it's a personal bias. It's so definitely I, I think a personal bias. people would like to know more <laughs> about that. Uh, it's overwhelmingly a personal bias, but I think it's also... Um, it's also building on the work that many activists have been doing in the city to call attention to the fact that Maybe what Nairobi is often, for example, sort of a place with lots of crime, but crime in itself is not, uh, does not happen in a vacuum, but it's caused by many structural factors. So our focus in that, in that emphasis on alternative to punitive security is highlighting these structural causes, um, whether on multiple scales, whether it's global, meso, local, but also thinking about the work that people are doing to maybe question or pushing for police reform and saying instead of maybe putting people in prisons that were built in the colonial period and are 200% above capacity, leading to no rehabilitation. Why don't community groups take on rehabilitation? Or are there alternative dispute resolution mechanisms that people are using that are actually, you know, our judiciary has been talking about lots that are working, that then are working a lot more than just detaining, imprisoning, or in many cases of CVE, which is countering violent extremism, these discourses, it's really like, it also involves torture. So what alternatives are there? And we are really would like to emphasize that. And as part, I think, thinking through that lens, I think could be useful for uh, our uptake colleagues to hopefully push forward. Okay, interesting. So how has the research been unfolding? What's the progress you've made so far? Uh, we're lucky because we, Zoltan and I come to this having thought about security, although through different entry points for a few years. And so most of the work so far has been talking with each other, but also right now we, having submitted our mapping note, that was a crucial moment to think about how we move forward and defining our next steps. So we are at the point of defining our next steps. And that will, at the moment, look like augmenting interviews. Because we've done 
collectively we have a lot of interviews from past work, but now augmenting interviews, thinking maybe about using the forthcoming elections as a case study, thinking about where, which neighborhoods are viable locations for focus groups. So that's where we are. We're really in the, many people would say it's not the most romantic place to be. I think maybe people like analysis after they've done all of this um, fieldwork. But I think it's a great place and we're, we're interested in where it will take us. So we will be carried with, we have these plans, but um, you know, fieldwork is fieldwork. It will take you in new direction. So we're excited for where it will take us. Okay, so I'm glad you said you're excited because the next question I was going to ask you is, are you excited about doing this work? And what's the most <laughs> exciting thing for you about being involved in the ACRC research? You know, I, to be sure, and I'm not just saying this to get brownie points, but I think this convening has made it more exciting because it's also anchored it more. I think initially we were just lots of Zoom meetings trying to figure out where we are, but this meeting has grounded it a bit more and the potential to work with different domains, tackling the same issues, ultimately same structural issues, but to different entry points is great. And this project has not been, uh, it's not been very rigid in asking where we can go. So we're excited. That's why we have this bias and in seeing how we can also emphasize all these different security practices that are not often highlighted. Uh, and of, a lot of it is grassroots community work. A lot of it is, it can be working by community health volunteers. But just highlighting that also as viable security practices and trying to find ways to support them, but also emphasizing security work that is not punitive, that doesn't, uh, is not a martial response to socioeconomic issues. Hmm, great. So what's the challenging thing about working with, working <laughs> in the ACRC research? In the ACRC research consortium? Not hmm. so much, but I would say that for safety and security, you have to talk to organs who are, no one wants to talk to a researcher. The police don't want to talk to a researcher so much. Finding like connections through these different organs is not going to be easy. That's what I'm least looking forward to is knocking on doors for interviews is, especially with certain government institutions, is going to be a lot of work, but I think it's, uh, we, there's a lot of support in the ACRC process. There's also going to be lots of cross-domain support, and so maybe we, should, we will build on that to try and overcome these challenges. Okay, that's great. So as you go into the next phase of your research, I'm going to try to test your knowledge on the um, focus of the ACRC research. So this question has two parts. Mm -hmm. So first, how do you understand the different components of the ACRC research, political settlements, CTL systems, domains? And the second part, how will you apply that understanding of the intersections of these different components to the safety and security issues in Nairobi? So CTL systems is actually, uh, I'm really glad that that's a cross-cutting, is that the word a cross-cutting domain? Um, because it's really, security, how it's manifested in different life in people's lives is sometimes often quite infrastructural. So in terms of water, in terms of who controls water has power, who controls garbage 
uh, or solid waste management has power, who controls electricity. It's power, and to be able to enact that power, it means you have both the potential to enact safety and security or to disrupt safety and security. And so it's, it's definitely very related. And certainly political settlements is relevant because in the security work, it's often, it's conducted by multiple actors. So it's not just the government, the police, Askaris or security guards. It's multiple actors, and I think political settlement is quite relevant to an analysis of a sector with multiple actors who have salience at different times and also in, in different spaces. And so I hope I've passed the trick question. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's how I see it. Although, to be sure, I, I can't lie. I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh, political settlements, but I think with further engagements with that team, it will become clearer. Okay, that's great. Again, I'll test your understanding of priority complex problems. Wow, there. So, <laughs> what are the PCPs that you envisage will emerge from the Nairobi city study? I really wish I had my mapping note in front of me. To be honest, I think my preference would be that uh, we come to an agreement of PCPs with the whole Nairobi team rather than domain specific because I think that will lend more mobilization around a particular PCP and more support. Nairobi's, I'm sure other com cities are complex. We all think our cities are complex, but I think if we can develop a PCP, that attends to the different concerns of the four domains here, that for me would be my preference. Because ultimately we need to transform, right? Transformation is structural, so it requires uh, effort by all domains. So do you have any previous experience working on, on such um, large-scale projects, or is this your first This time? one, I think, is for not just myself, but most people, it's probably the largest. So there's no, there's no comparison to the, to the ACRC. But it's also, um, for as large as it is, I think it's doing a lot to be relevant to all of the different cities. So sometimes you can just, even some small projects just swim in the air because uh, they're not trying to be relevant. But this one, as large as it is, it's really trying to make and ensure relevance in all the different cities. So um, in Meiduguri, um, I'm trying to now um, see if we can find any forms of comparisons at the end of the day from the um, findings of the research across the cities. In Meiduguri, we have some non-formal groups that are involved in the provision of security. For instance, the Civilian Joint Task Force, which is made up of young, predominantly male adults mm -hmm. who are engaged in um, informal policing, surveillance, and all of that. Do you have that kind of scenario in, in um, Nairobi, and how does it work out? There's really, there's lots of, because often uh, the best protection is afforded to rich communities. So if you're not, uh, you're a community on the margins, you have to piece together what security you have. And so here we have, for example, Nyumbakumi, which is actually a government-sanctioned operation where 10 households, Nyumba means house and Kumi means 10, 10 households come together to be a security committee. 
that's a form of community policing. But there's also, for example, as I was talking about, young groups or youth groups or youth formations who collect solid waste may actually say, since we have mapped out this geography, this is our community, we know all the households, we can also be a security group. So there's groups like that as well. And so there's really multiple groups, and they are certainly context-specific, although in, in more prosperous parts of Nairobi, often the, the services are either the police or a private security guard, and maybe a residence uh, association who has a WhatsApp group notifying people about different things. But more of these actors, who are often called informal, although they're formalized in their context, operate in in, for example, places like Mukuru, where you went to on Monday, or Mazare. Yeah. Okay, so from this, we begin to see the intersections between um, the youth capability and development domain and the safety and security domain. Yes. So with the cross-domain interactions that we had yesterday, what really stood out for you? And how do you intend to incorporate some of the things that you you learned yesterday about the intersections between the domain into your Nairobi research? Honestly, it was really... It was a really helpful process to talk to all of the domains because they're domains where initially you're like, why? <laughs> I know I I know I love the people in, for example, uh, health, well-being, and nutri health, nutrition, and well-being, but I have no idea where we are going together. And once you sit down with people, you see you see how uh, security affects food and nutrition in different ways. And so I was really grateful for that learning and those insights. And so immediately that also affords us the recognition that there are different actors we should also be speaking with, whether it's food vendors who will be facing security risks if they don't have the infrastructure or lighting at night, or whether it's the household micro enterprises who are the focus of the neighborhood district economic development group who maybe have to, because if they operate in a certain area, they may have to pay a bribe. So that's also a security risk. And so that the ability to, to have this complexity around uh, security actors, security processes was really quite insightful. And we will take that forward in who we select, but also in our future analyses. Okay, that's great. There was a discussion yesterday on decolonization. Now, sometimes I've had this feeling that the whole decolonization debate is too academic. Yeah. So how, in your opinion, do you think we can make it more practical in ways that, um, so for instance, one of my arguments yesterday was that we talk about decolonization, decolonization, and decolonization. If some of this research are led by African scholars and the findings are handed over to the government, most of the, gov the African governments would not implement them. But when the findings come from Western scholars or they are led by Western institutions and organizations, they tend to be respected more. So how do we practicalize this decolonization debate and take it beyond academic discourse? You know, for us, um, part of our emphasis on redefining security beyond what's uh, taken as a normative to understand what does it mean 
to Africans living every day in, in Nairobi. And so those are part of that decolonization impetus is what drives these needs to expand uh, definitions, looking at how security is co-produced, but also looking at um, security practices beyond those that were established by a colonial authority in Kenya. So beyond patrolling, beyond the police, beyond uh, anti-terror police activities which come from a global war on terror. What are people doing every day and how, what have they been doing every day to keep themselves safe? But also to your point that <laughs> maybe this, these recognitions are not going to be received with open arms by the, the government. That's definitely something we should consider. But ultimately, we are part of highlighting these practices is to offer uh, just a humble and a small contribution to mobilizing them and to validating them, which is also important. Uh, it's just a humble contribution towards validating these really powerful grassroots processes that are already there and, and that are seeking to decolonize uh, many things. So that is what I would say now. I hope we are not just armchair academics who write, but I really hope that by highlighting all of these different things, whether it's different appreciations or recognitions of what security is, how it's co-produced by many actors, I hope that can be a small contribution to decolonizing ideas and practices for security. Okay, thank you. So as we're trying to round up, one question I would ask you is, what do you think the ACRC should do differently or if you don't have anything to say on that, what do you think that the ACRC needs to project more? I think it's too early for me to say, but what I appreciate so far, and I'm not just saying this so that Diana can be my best friend, although Diana, I hope you'll be my best friend, but um, I really appreciate, and uh, this meeting has really demonstrated for me the amount of amazing, uh, people in this project. And I really appreciate the co-learning that's going with that, in a, that goes along with that in a very humble way. And so I think if we can continue with that and that can be foregrounded, a consistent co-learning and appreciation of the different experiences that people bring, that would be, that would be great. So far, I mean, just three days, it's been really powerful. We've been confined to our safety and security cocoon. As you know, <laughs> that's trying to operate uh, against very disparate time zones. And, um, but really, f so that wasn't always this collective power that the people have in this process was not that evident until I came. And I hope ACRC can do, can continue fostering that and that we as part of this collective can foster that. Okay, so finally, and without attempting to preempt the findings of the study, what kinds of urban security reform would you like to see in Nairobi? And I would give you a very broad response uh, right now. I hope you can forgive me for that. But one that's more people-centered and not so top-down and uh, is invested in, in building generations rather than jailing generations, which, has, which is a lot of security in, in, in Kenya. So really one that's more people-centered, that is 
is shaped by a diversity of voices and is less top-down. Okay, great. So thank you very much for your thank time. You thank you for sharing your insights. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the African Cities podcast. Remember to subscribe for more urban development insights and interviews from the African Cities Research Consortium.